Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some things you want to avoid when you're starting your service business or if you've been doing this for a long time. Here are some things that I think should be avoided to maximize your business profit and to minimize the frustration out there. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. The first thing that I think you should avoid is a pool where they have an aggressive dog. Now, I know a lot of times the owner is going to reassure you that, you know, Fido is going to be locked up, it's not going to get out, you're perfectly safe. Even though the dog is trained to kill, they will reassure you that there's no problem, you know, the dog just never gets out, you're perfectly safe. I'll tell you that 9 out of 10 times, you're probably going to be confronted by this dog eventually, because it will get out, you know, a kid's going to leave the back door open, or the owner might leave it out or leave the back door open without you knowing. Or if you go on a service day that's not your normal day, maybe you're stacking your pools, and you go back there, the dog is going to be out. So I would not take a pool with an aggressive dog. No questions. I would just avoid that pool and pass on it and politely decline the pool. You know, I think you're opening yourself up for a dog bite, which I've been bit pretty badly on a couple of occasions. And then the guys in my group have been attacked by dogs and bitten pretty badly also. So any kind of aggressive dog is a no-no. So that'd be the first pool that I would pass up on with an aggressive dog of any kind. Something that also you should be aware of too is that sometimes there are pools where accessing the pool is like a chore in itself. Like getting back there takes you more time than actually servicing the pool. I've had accounts where I had a customer who was a pack rat hoarder and I just could not access his pool. And I kept telling him, you know, I need to be able to access your pool and every week I'm crawling over, you know, a container of files and all kinds of stuff back there. And then there's always more stuff that he would put back in my way, which would make it really difficult to get back there. I was doing a rental property also one time and I told the owner, hey, you know, I can't access the pool. It's very difficult because the tenants have so much junk stacked by the gate and I could barely walk back there and nothing was done. It wasn't addressed. And so I eventually just stopped doing that pool because I couldn't access it with my equipment I'd be able to crawl through holding my pole and my net. But other than that, I couldn't take anything back there. So you may run into a situation where accessing the pool is a problem. And that's an account you probably should pass on unless things can be rectified. Another one that kind of goes along with that is a pool that's constantly trashed by the trees around you. And I talk about this a lot. A heavy debris pool is not a fun pool. And so if you go and you bid on a pool and you look around and you notice that it's very shady and it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon... That's like a red flag that, hey, you know, this might not be a pool that I would like to have. Yes, it's shady and I can do the pool and not worry about the sun hitting me. But it's shady for a reason because all these trees are surrounding it. And at one or two in the afternoon, 
there's no sun hitting it. That means that, you know, when the wind blows or during certain times of the season, this pool is going to be full of leaves. So those are kind of the obvious ones that you should avoid. And I wanted to state those up front because I'm going to get into some less obvious things right now. And you may get talked into doing this, but this is a bi-monthly pool service. So normally we go once a week and a customer may say to you, you know what, I really don't want you here every week. Why don't you just come every two weeks? And you may be tempted to say, well, you know, your pool stays very clean. I think I can do, you know, twice, once every two weeks or bi-monthly as we can refer to it as. And you may take that account that way. But then you may realize, which I have by taking a, you know, once every two week pool that number one, when the kids use it, when you have a week in between and a customer is not doing anything to the pool, you're going to be putting more chemicals in to get it back to where it was. Or if you have like a wind event or if the pool has, some, if you get some rain and some wind and the pool gets dirty and the customer is not proactive, which they usually aren't if they want you to come every two weeks because they want to save money. And so chances are you're going to be spending twice the time on this account to get it back in shape every two weeks. So yes, it may be tempting to say, oh, you know, this pool stays pretty clean and I could probably, you know, not lose the account if they want to go every other week because I, I don't want to lose this account. I would say lose the account. You don't need to do every other week service. In most cases, it's just really difficult to maintain that pool. And you're going to be doing double the work on the service days. And this pool will be twice the work than it normally would be getting half the money. So it's definitely not worth your time and effort to do any kind of every other week service on that pool. Another thing to avoid is taking a full service account. And I've done this before um, foolheartedly taking a full service account where the customer says, well, I like to maintain my own filter. I don't want to pay you the $85 to do the filter cleaning or $100, whatever you charge. I'll do the filter cleaning myself and you maintain the pool. And it sounds, you know, okay because you're getting the account and the customer is going to do the filter, which you may not want to do anyway because you're busy and you're thinking, well, one less filter on my route is kind of a blessing in disguise. You know, I have 80 filters to clean during the season and one less is good. Well, chances are the homeowner is not going to clean the filter when it's scheduled to be cleaned. And I've had this running debate with a customer that does his own filter. I would text him and say, hey, you know, uh, Mr. Jones, your filter is due for cleaning in March. If there's any way you can do it next weekend or the weekend after that, that'd be great. And he'll text me back saying, yeah, I'll get on it next weekend. And then that weekend goes by, he doesn't clean it. And so now you're in April and the filter hasn't been cleaned yet. And you know, you may be tempted to clean it, which I've done. And the customer gets really upset saying, hey, you know, I said I was going to clean the filter and I see this charge here for $85. I wanted to clean it. So, you know, he even said the next time you do something like that, I'm just going to cancel the account. And this is one of those things where when I was starting out, I wanted to have the account. So I was very gracious to the customer. And when you start out, you kind of have to bend over sometimes and do things like this kind of thing that you don't want to do because you need all the accounts you can get. You need that income. And so I just kind of played it off. Not a big deal. So come September, hey, Mr. Jones, you need to um, have your clean your filter because it's due. And then the same scenario goes on where he just keeps pushing it back further and further. And then a customer like this will also patch the filter in most cases. You know, if there's a broken grid, they'll put some silicone on there. Or if the cartridges are worn out, the bands are broken, how are you going to know if you're not cleaning the filter yourself? And so you have a losing battle with the fact that you can inspect the filter to see what's going on. And number two, it's not being cleaned in a timely manner. 
And I know that as you're getting accounts and building your route, you're going to run into this, this kind of customer that's kind of a do-it-yourself and will want to do his own filter to save that filter cleaning charge. But I would say pass on that customer or just tell him, you know, I've done this before where I had the customer do it. I didn't charge him and they took care of the filter. But it, we had other problems with the water quality. And besides that, I like I would like to be able to inspect the filter myself to see if maybe you need new grids or cartridges, things of that nature. So it's better if I do the filter and you just pay me for it. Any other service is going to charge you anyway, and it's going to be less hassle for you. So it's better if I just do the filter, take it off your hands, and just do full service, including the filter. And if they say, yes, that sounds logical, I, I go ahead and do it, then you've got that account pretty solid. If they say no, then you want to consider, you know, if you're starting out, do you need this account that badly to deal with this kind of frustration? Or maybe the customer will be proactive, but 9 out of 10 times they won't be and you're going to be bugging them, and it's going to cause water quality issues and cost you more money for chemicals, and you're going to spend more time at that pool to get it back in shape. So I would say pass on that pool. If you have a pretty good-sized route already, I wouldn't take on a pool where the customer wants to do his own filter. It's not going to get done in a timely manner. And then you're kind of blind to what's going on with the filter in a lot of cases. And then you have things that kind of consume some time, which you may or may not get paid for. And I guess one of those, I'll give you an example, is if someone has a solar blanket on the cover, has a solar blanket on the pool, and the pool is covered when you get there, taking that blanket off, if they don't have a reel, and now I've told my customers, okay, I don't mind you having a solar blanket. I understand you want to keep the water warmer in the summer, but I highly recommend you invest in a reel. You can order one online. You can pick one up at Leslie's. But put the solar cover on the reel, and then during the service day, you can either reel it up for me or I'll reel it up. But I won't reel it back down because I had chemicals to the pool and it's not good to put the cover back on when I just added chemicals. So I'm going to do it one way where I'll take it off and then you put it on. But if you don't have a reel, it makes it really difficult for me. So if you can have the cover off before I get there, that'd be great. And then you can put it on after I visit. Uh, give it three hours and then you can put the cover back on. So in other words, you don't want to be taking the responsibility of taking the cover off and putting it back on. Now, I don't mind if the cover's on a reel because it comes off pretty easily. It'll only take you, you know, a minute or minute and a half to unreel it if there's a reel there. But if there's no reel, you're pulling it, folding it. It's a real mess, all the debris falling in the pool. And then usually you have to leave it somewhere on the deck and walk around it. It's just really not pleasant to have a solar cover without a reel and so if the customer is unwilling to get a reel and put it on there then they have to be willing to take it off and put it back on and emphasize the fact that you don't put the cover back on when you're done mainly because you're going to be adding you know muriatic acids to the pool other chemicals and that'll deteriorate the cover and that's the kind of the excuse i use and it works really well and just make sure you're not putting the cover taking the cover off and putting it back on because doing that takes a lot of time and effort the other thing i don't like are those catch a kid kind of Spider-Man safety nets. They're just a lot of work getting off and on. A lot of pool guys just pass on those. I had a guy come out to the street and say, hey, you know, I have one of these, um, you know, catch a kid nets on my pool and I can't get any pool guys to give me a bid. You guys are just lazy. Nobody wants to do any work anymore. And he kept on railing. And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't, I don't like his attitude. But second of all, I don't really like those and I don't do any pools with those. And if a customer gets one of those put on their pool, that pool is kind of going off my route eventually, unless they're going to maintain it by taking it off on the service day and putting it back on. Because truthfully, you're on your knees, you're going around unhooking it, and it just takes a long time to unhook it. 
if you get a wind event, the pool is just thrashed and you're going to take this cover off and clean it. And then they expect you to put it back on for safety reasons and for liability reasons. So you got to, you get the pulley, you get the little, you know, you hook it on there and you kind of crank it to kind of get it back on. Very time consuming. And this is one of those things where you want to avoid things that are time consuming on your route besides doing the pool itself. So if you're starting out, you may have to take these pools with these catch a kid safety nets on there. You may be crawling around unhooking it. I usually unhook it from one side, clean the pool. I don't fully take it off when I do one of these pools. I just take one and a half sides off and then I kind of flop it over. I net the best I can and then hopefully there's an automatic cleaner in there. But they're really time consuming and a pain. And then you have the accounts that are kind of the lesser evils. They're still kind of a problem, but you could probably deal with it. You know, one would be the equipment being really far from the pool and you're going to run into some of these in California where you have a pool and you have to walk down or walk up to the equipment and you have to turn it on and walk back to the pool. Kind of a pain. You know, you're spending an extra minute or two walking, but, you know, it's exercise and nothing you can do about the design like that. So you kind of live with it. So not a big deal, but you'll run into that. And then you run into some accounts where you have to walk like a quarter of a mile to get to the pool. These are a real pain. And you want to make sure you bring everything to the pool. Don't have anything in your truck because you're going to walk all the way back to get something and it takes you time. So if you have a sprawling estate you're working on, have a cart, you know, like a T-Doula cart or use a Riptide cart and just put everything in there so you're not walking back and forth. You know, the last thing you want to do is to have one of these large accounts and you're going back and forth to your truck. That just takes time. So these are kind of things you can live with because you can't do anything about the fact that it's an estate. These are kind of the things you can live with. It's kind of the opposite of like the junk piled up, crawling over to get to the pool, you know, a bunch of toys back there or a pool with like an aggressive dog. It's definitely a no-no. These are kind of one of those things where you kind of just have to do it because that's just how the house is designed. So there's a lot of things out there that can waste your time that you can actually do things about. And then there are other things that you just have to live with the fact this is how the account is. One thing I should say is that you don't want to be driving 15 or 20 minutes to get to one account unless, again, you're in a rural area where all your pools are 20-minute drives. But if your pool route's pretty tight and you're driving 15, 20, 25 minutes to get to one pool and then driving 10, 15 minutes back to get to another, that pool just you should have never have taken it. It's too far out of your territory. And that's going to be really a frustrating kind of thing. Because if you're running behind or if you have a problem, you have to drive out there, you're going to be really frustrated with the pool like that. So I would say things that are really obvious that you don't want to take the pool for, things to avoid are those. And then there are some things you can live with and some things that can be fixed. Like if I mentioned, if you go back there and it's one o'clock and it's shady around the pool, if the customer is willing to trim their trees and keep them trimmed every season, that pool is actually fairly doable. Because tree trimming goes a long way, longer a longer way than you think in making sure that the pool stays clean. A lot of times, all the dead leaves are what fall into the pool when the wind blows or when you have a rainstorm. So if they trim it and keep it really in good shape around the pool, it's not a deal breaker. But if they don't trim their trees and they haven't trimmed them in 10 years, that's definitely a deal breaker. And you'll know right away by looking at the trees if they've been trimmed or kept trimmed or not. And that's something that's really important also that they maintain their yard so that you can access the pool and not have to be skimming leaves out of the pool, you know, for 30 minutes because they don't trim their trees. And again, I know when you're starting out, I did the same thing. I took a lot of these accounts because I had to. I took 
Yeah, I try to do the by every other week. I can't even figure out how to phrase it correctly. The other every week pool account, I took accounts where the customer did their own filter, quote unquote. And I took pools that were outside my area where I would drive a long way to get to them. So I've done all this because I had to. But once you get to the point where you don't have to do that, then you can refine your route and then avoid these things that would take up a lot of your time. And that makes your business a lot better, more effective, and more efficient. You don't want to be keeping all of these going, you know, the heavy debris pools, pools that are far out of the way once you get established, because then you're just wasting your time with that. So look at your route, see which pools that you're going to probably dump because they're taking up too much of your time, and then kind of refine everything so that you have a pretty quick day out there without a lot of time being wasted in between one pool to another. Now, if you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can go to my website, swimmingforlearning.com. On that banner there, you click on that podcast icon, you'll have a drop-down menu. And if you want to enhance your business, definitely consider the coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. A lot of great benefits for joining there. Again, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.